Thank you. Calling the meeting to order at 1103. Um, Good afternoon. It is now 11.03 a.m. My name is Anna Van Degna, and this is a regular meeting of the Oversight Board for Monday, September 11th, 2023. Today's meeting is being held in hybrid format. Members of the public can participate and provide comments both in person at City Hall and remotely through WebEx. Thank you to the staff and guests who will be also participating in today's meeting. I'd like to welcome our newest member, um, Licinia Abiri. Did I get that right? Um, thank you, who was recently appointed by the superintendent of the San Francisco Unified School District to serve on the oversight board. Welcome, Director Abiri. Thank you everyone for joining us. Madam Secretary, please call the first item. Thank you, Madam Chair. The first order of business is item one roll call. Board members, please respond when I call your name. Board member correct. Here. Board member Abiri. Here. Board member Lee. Here. Board member Williams. Present. Vice Chair Ely is running a little late, but she should be coming in shortly. She's currently absent. And Chair Van Degna. Here. All members of the board. Oh, excuse me. Um, Vice Chair Ely is running late. All members of the board are present. Please note that a seat for the city and county of San Francisco is vacant. Madam Chair. Yes. Um, the Oversight Board acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land, and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. Thank you, Madam Chair. The next order of business is item two, approval of minutes, special meeting of June 29, 2023. Madam Chair. Do we have any comments on the minutes from the board members? I believe I'll need to abstain because I wasn't present for them. Okay. Thank you. Um, we have. Sorry. Um, at this time, if there are any members of the public who wish to provide public comment on the minutes, from June 29, 2023, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2663-794-4446, press the pound sign, then the pound sign again, press star then three to be placed in the queue. If you're already listening to us by phone, please press star three to enter the queue. And we'll begin by inviting any members of the public who joined us in person, if they would like to provide public comment, please come up to the podium at this time. And for members who are joining us by phone or by WebEx, please um, enter your request by pressing the raise hand icon or by pressing star three on your mobile devices. Madam Chair, it does not appear we have any members of the public wishing to comment at this time. Board members, can I get a motion to approve the minutes? I'll move for approval. 
Thank you. Do I have a second? Second. Great. Thank you, um, board member Lee and board member Krupp. Madam Secretary, could you please take roll call on this item? Board members, please announce your vote for item two, the minutes when I call your name. Board member Correct. Aye. Board member Iberi? Abstain, I wasn't present. Board member Lee? Yes. Board member Williams? Abstain, I also wasn't present. Vice Chair Ely? And Chair Van Degna? Yes. Madam Chair, the vote is four ayes and two abstention. Great. The motion carries. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item three announcements. A, the next regularly scheduled meeting will be held in person at City Hall on Monday, January 8th, 2024 at 11 a.m. B, announcement of prohibition of sound producing electronic devices during the meeting. Please be advised that the ringing of and use of, the cell, of cell phones, pagers, and similar sound producing electronic devices are prohibited at this meeting. Please be advised that the chair may order the removal from the meeting room of any persons responsible for ringing of or use of a cell phone, pager, or other similar sound producing electronic device. C, announcement of public comment procedures. Please be advised a member of the public has up to three minutes to make pertinent public comments on each agenda item unless the board adopts a shorter period on any item. During each public comment period, members of the public attending the meeting in person will have an opportunity to provide their comments. It is strongly recommended that members of the public who wish to address the board fill out a speaker card and submit the completed card to the board secretary. Members of the public who are joining remotely will be instructed to dial 415-655-0001, entering the access code 2663-794-4446, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again, when prompted, press star three to submit your request to speak. When you dial star three, you will hear the following message. You have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When you hear your line has been unmuted, this is your opportunity to provide your public comment and you will have three minutes. Please speak clearly and slowly and you will be placed back on mute once you are done speaking. Copies of today's meeting materials will be available online at sfocii.org under the Oversight Board and Public Meetings tab. The next order of business is item three, consent agenda. There are no consent agenda items. The next order of business is the regular agenda. Item 5A, approving to the extent required by sections 34180B and 34177.5A1 of the California Health and Safety Code, the issuance of special tax bonds secured solely by special taxes received by the successor agency to the redevelopment agency of the city and county of San Francisco for and on behalf of the redevelopment agency of the city and county of San Francisco Community Facilities District Number 6, Mission Bay South Public Improvements, and related documents and actions. Mission Bay South Redevelopment Project Area Discussion and Action Resolution Number 6-2023. Director Kislovsky. Uh, thank you, Madam Secretary, um, directors, members of the public. This item is uh, pursuant to a community facilities district bond uh, refinancing or refunding in Mission Bay uh, Number 6. And this is pursuant to our uh, duty to try and achieve any cost savings when we can uh, in matters relating to bonds. Um, we believe we're going to get a, a better bond rating on this bond, which is why we're pursuing this now. And uh, to present this item is Mr. John Daigle, the debt manager for OCAI. John. 
Thank you, Director Keselowski. My name is John Daigle. I'm debt manager for OCII. Um, also, good morning, uh, Chair Bondegna, members of the board, Director Keselowski. The uh, enabling authority for this uh, uh, proposed uh, refunding is uh, the Melarus Act itself, and to the extent uh, necessary, uh, California Health and Safety Code, uh, according to the detailed site there, and then uh, generally under the uh, California uh, Government Code as uh, specified in the slide. Um, so the purpose of this uh, bond issue, as indicated by uh, uh, Director Kaslowski, is, is simply to accomplish a refunding of the five outstanding uh, series of bonds under the CFD. As, as you can see, the, the most recent bonds were uh, issued in uh, 2013, and there has been a very substantial growth in the uh, uh, value of the property in uh, CFD uh, 6 since then. In fact, it's gone from an assessed value of about 1.3 billion to about 8.2 billion. Now, these bonds are based on appraised value, uh, but in this case, since most of this construction is new, the, the amount of increase should be somewhat similar to that. That's what would uh, probably drive uh, a rating upgrade. The bonds as they are outstanding are unrated, and we expect that they would get a uh, um, a low investment grade rating based on that uh, coverage. Covered by coverage, I mean the the overage of the um, available revenues to what's required to pay debt service. So the uh, estimated uh, present value debt service savings are uh, around 17 million. Um, at the time we ran these numbers, uh, which was a little bit. Uh, you know, a month or so back, oh, we've lost about 22 basis points since then. However, when we ran the numbers, we allowed 25 basis points. So we're very close to that. As of this morning, the savings are about 16.9 million. And of course, that can change day to day. Again, the uh, savings will come from uh, lower market rates uh, and the anticipated uh, credit rating upgrade, excuse me. As a, and as I mentioned before, the upgrade will be driven by the uh, increased value uh, of the land and the, and the property and the increased coverage of uh, revenues versus debt. This is a quick, uh, quick sketch of uh, sources and uses for the for the bonds. So the the bond proceeds of one hundred and twenty four million fifteen thousand uh, reflect basically the. <clears throat> principal amount of the bonds. The net premium uh, is the amount we get by sort of catering the structure of the bonds to what the investors want. So we have a slightly higher coupon or interest rate on the bonds, and they'll pay more for it that way. And, and how we decide whether to do that as opposed to issuing, you know, at a par, you know, where there would be no premium. It's basically works out to, to our financial advantage. Um, this is verified by our um, uh, financial advisor. So our goal is always to structure the bonds in the most uh, economically efficient way so that we get the lowest overall present value cost to the bonds. Uh, there are also funds coming from cash debt reserves uh, of the uh, outstanding bonds, which will be transferred 
<clears throat> excuse me, as a source into this uh, refunding transaction. The use is uh, nearly all the money or the good part of it goes into the uh, uh, refunding escrow. The escrow will be fairly short lived uh, um, with the call for the 05 bonds being uh, necessarily uh, February 1st and um, the 13 A, B, and C bonds can be called at any time, but we'll probably do it all together. But anyway, it'll be a short escrow, certainly within the 90-day window required by the IRS for, uh, for uh, advance refunding these days. Uh, 12 million will fund a debt service reserve fund. Again, we're not sure. Uh, we may have uh, uh, sureties available or uh, uh, as opposed to a debt cash debt service reserve, but conservatively we're funding it, showing it uh, uh, as a, a cash uh, reserve. And then cost of issuance of about 500,000 and the underwriter's discount of uh, 458,000. That's the amount um, of the difference between what the underwriter pays us and what they sell the bonds for. And as the note uh, says on the bottom, the actual issuance amount will be finalized in the weeks before the bond issuance and based on the most up-to-date project costs, market conditions, again, always with an eye of optimizing the uh, savings and financial efficiency of the transaction. So the uh, resolution, uh, proposed uh, resolution, um, would approve the issuance uh, by OCII of the series 2023 bonds and related documents and actions to refund the prior bonds uh, for debt service savings. And secondarily, to uh, seek to clarify the scope of the Oversight Board and DOF's review of matters uh, taken by OCII, generally un under the Melarus Act. This is a quick um, summary of the uh, estimated debt service savings uh, which, as I said, the numbers, these numbers are about a month old, but they're very close. Uh, if you go over to the last, uh, second to last box, you'll see 17.2 million. That would be the present value uh, savings uh, of the refunding. And uh, today, this morning, it would have been about 16.9 million. That's a substantial net present value savings of 13%. Uh, generally, <clears throat> most people use a rule of thumb. Uh, of about 3% as what's necessary to make a, a refunding worth doing. So it's a very strong uh, transaction from that, that point of view. And again, that reflects the true interest cost of uh, what, 420, 425, somewhere around there. And the next steps uh, necessary to complete this transaction is uh, the submission of the uh, approved uh, oversight board resolution to uh, DOF for their review. Um, and uh, then we expect to hear from them in September or October. Um, and then we'll go back to our, our commission, um, OCII commission for uh, consideration of the preliminary official statement, which is the uh, offering document uh, published uh, for the benefit of uh, the uh, investors and potential investors and other actions necessary. That will be a, the final um, approval. We expect, uh, based on those assumptions, to do our bond pricing in late October and then close uh, 
two or three weeks uh, later in early November. And that um, completes my presentation. I'd like to thank you for your time and consideration and invite any questions you might have. Thank you. I will turn to my fellow board members um, for their comments and questions. Thank you so much for your presentation. Um, I just had a question about the usage for the savings, and maybe this is for the director. Um, since this money is going to be released, is there any thoughts about um, what the resources could be used for? I know a lot of our monies are allocated, but this presents a additional funding. Uh, thank you, Director Williams. I'll, I'll let John respond to that, but I'd say generally speaking, these savings are achieved over time, so it's just less um, tax increment requested from the controller's office to pay for debt service. So this is accumulated over time. So we realize in the next uh, payment cycle, uh, once the refunding is done, um, but there's no money that gets used elsewhere within OCII. It stays with the city for city purposes. Right. We would achieve the savings over time. <clears throat> and in this case, well, with the special taxes, that those funds would be available um, to uh, also reimburse the uh, uh, developer for uh, infrastructure costs under the uh, uh, documents of the uh, so, so will the tax facilities district. Will the, are the taxpayers paying annual Melrose taxes, and will they see any savings? Yes, the, the taxpayers are paying annual Melrose taxes. Okay. To pay the debt service, but yes, the, and and also to build um, reserves, also okay. against Lego okay. costs. If I may, uh, John, uh, through the chair, uh, Director Van Degna, um, right now the um, payment that the property owners pay into the CFD fund are used for paying back bonds that are that are um, outstanding. There's. There's still remaining work, infrastructure work to do in Mission Bay, and any we wouldn't reduce, for example, the the special tax because there's anticipated new costs that have, for bonds yet to be issued. Got it. So, so there's annual kind of pay pay as you go um, infrastructure still being, um, or that that can, is still eligible to be funded or reimbursed. Uh, correct, uh, Chair Van Degna. Um, this would create additional room for additional bond issuances for future infrastructure needs. Scott, thank you. Um, at this point, I, I would also um, like to invite uh, uh, our general counsel to address the, um, clarify the concept of what these special taxes are versus um, what we normally are doing with tax. What you normally see here is tax allocation bonds. Madam Chair, members of the board, my name is Jim Morales, uh, Agency General Counsel. I just wanted to correct the record that uh, these bonds, the current bonds, as well as the proposed refunding bonds, do not in any way uh, touch tax increment. Uh, and in fact, that is why this resolution is somewhat unique in that we understand from DOF that they want to review uh, this bond action we believe, however, that DOF um, doesn't have does not have jurisdiction over these bonds, and the reason is these are secured by the special assessment that was voted by the electors when this CFD was first formed. There was a, a vote, uh, two thirds majority uh, of the electors voted in favor of the special assessment, 
and those are basically segregated separate from tax increment. So, as you know, dissolution law is all about um, restoring tax increment to taxing entities and having former redevelopment agencies finish their projects. This bond does not in any way provide savings um, on tax increment, uh, but rather uh, just relies on the special assessment, totally secured by the special assessments that are received. Um, these were formed in the first place in order to have separate funding for infrastructure in case the tax increment was delayed in, um, in its availability, because when you first start a redevelopment project area, there really is no tax increment available. So the CFD was imposed from the very beginning so that there would be some funds for capital improvements. And over time, certainly there has been tax increment, but again, to reiterate the point that uh, the tax increment are not at risk in this action. And for that reason, we're asking DOF to clarify um, its position. Uh, we do not put our debt service payments for these bonds on the ROPs. And as far as we, any of our expenditures related to the CFD are not on the ROPs. And so um, <clears throat> we are uh, asking you to approve this to be sure so that we can uh, take this matter up with DOF and clarify what their position is. I just wanted to clarify that for the record. Thank you. Could I ask a question um, related to board members uh, Williams's question? I understand that there's a interest savings of anywhere ballpark 17 million ish, and I understand the value of reissuing the bonds to get the rating. But what are the net understanding that there's costs of issuance and the and what um, what do we call it the um, underwriters discount? What are the net savings after all? Those costs and benefits are calculated. Yeah, these are the all in savings, all in present value. So the okay, thank so, you. So it is. If, if you were to see the uh, the actual dollar savings, it would be a much larger number. But the present value discounts the future savings as we, you know, are, are taking the savings over time. So a dollar in twenty years from now, you know, might discount to. What thirty cents? I, I I don't know really. I haven't looked at that, but the actual dollar outflow savings are much bigger than the seventeen million, and the, and it does include. Uh, it's an all-in uh, net present value. And the net of all the new costs of reissuing the bonds. Yes. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Present value of all the cash flows. You just sparked another question for me too. So is this really about sort of rebuilding the reserve? I know director, you mentioned just sort of the future bond issuance. Is there some need to shore up reserves or do you perpetuate would, projects or? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's just, there's sort of a general um, fiduciary duty, I guess, yeah. just to, to, to realize savings when you can. Yeah, I mean, my question is, is there any need so, Director Williams, if I could, um, John, interrupt briefly. There's no issue with the reserves. We're not replenishing reserves that have been depleted for some reason. No. There's, there's nothing related to that. Yeah, and the re word reserve is tricky. There's debt service reserve, but there's also like cash reserved for future expenses. And, and the um, expected uh, needs for funding will be, you know, continue to be uh, significant emission-based south. So this basically allows... Uh, uh, Additional money to be available to to 
you know, to uh, fund those needs. So I didn't fully understand this issue with DOF. Can you, I, I don't know what can be shared, but I also see in the timeline on slide seven, is there a possibility that DOF's determination is different than what you as general counsel's determination is and what would happen then? Well, board member, we, uh, it's possible that we could have a difference of an opinion. Um, the fact is that in 2014 DOF in reviewing CFD bonds of the agency said that it did not have oversight over CFD bonds because it's not, we are, we are acting not under dissolution law, but under mellow Roos and the agency in, in acting under mellow Roos acts separately from a successor agency under dissolution law. So from that point forward, uh, we assumed and acted uh, in a manner that did not in any way ask this oversight board and DOF for review of our CFD matters, generally speaking. Uh, in preparing for this action, Bond Council contacted DOF, its council, and received a different viewpoint for the first time. And there was a, a somewhat extensive back and forth um, with the two attorneys about what what was the role of DOF uh, and the agency. Uh, but at the end of it, the DOF council concluded that, well, because <clears throat> the successor agency was formed under dissolution law, basically, even though this is a separate authority, DOF somehow still has review over it. Um, we, again, we, we disagree with that and we've acted differently in the past. So we want to clarify that and make our case again if we have the opportunity. But it, we also don't want to delay this refunding because um, it, it does provide a, a benefit to the taxpayers who paid for the special assessments. Um, and as John pointed out, uh, is, you know, the part of the fiduciary duty of the agency to uh, save funds if it can. I guess my question is more, if the determination difference holds, what happens then? Well, um, generally speaking, when DOF makes a final determination that the successor agency disagrees with, the next step would be a meet and confer, uh, which is um, a formal process meeting with members of the Department of Finance it's like an appeal of sorts, but very, somewhat informal, and we discuss the matter. Um, we've only gone to a meeting confer. We've never gone past that. The next step, which would be loath to do, would be to uh, litigate the matter and would not be worth it, perhaps, here. So uh, just to follow on that, so will the bonds be issued prior to receiving the final determination from DOF? No. Okay. That that's part of the problem is delay. They have up to 65 days to review this matter. We're hoping they act more quickly, but uh, given the volatility of the markets and uh, interest rates, um, that 65 days, if they take that full time, may sort of change some of the facts that are uh, the basis for this action. So um, we we can't act until they okay. approve it. Yeah. Um, sorry if I missed this earlier, but 
is this the first time that OCII is proposing to reissue the CFD bonds or that you guys have done this a number of times before without DOF um, participation? Well, the 2014 timeframe I mentioned where DOF said it didn't have jurisdiction was in the context of refunding of CFD bonds. Mm -hmm. So, but it, it hasn't happened um, that often. Uh, and, uh, not since then. There have been CFD bonds issued, but not refunding. Uh, well, it looks like an exciting amount of savings if you're able to lock in close to $17 million. It looks like you're also working towards doing it um, close to the call date, which is, is great. Um, do I have any other questions or comments from board members? Yeah. So it so it sounds like what we're doing today is belt and suspenders. It's like we're saying we don't think we need to have this meeting, but we're doing it anyway just to be on the good side in case it's necessary. I think that's, that's, that's the first of my two questions. Uh, I would say, uh, board member, that um, it's prudent for the successor agency to act consistent with DOF is telling us to do, even if we disagree with it and to pursue a more formal review of that. So, again, we also don't want to hold up or create a cloud over this uh, refunding. And, and as, as you may know, um, there, there is a, a keen interest in all of the parties involved in the bonds transaction to make sure that uh, everything is in order. Um, so. Um, I wouldn't call it belts and suspenders. I think in the first instance, if DOF, you know, uh, retains this view, it, it will, it has meaning, it is important, and that's why we're asking you to do it. And thank you. Um, my second question is in relationship to the um, package that we received. Um, in the attachments from A onward, like the last third of the package, there are no numbers, they're just blanks. Oh, really? So, yeah, so exhibit A just has prior bond redemption dates and amounts, and it's blank. Yeah, that, that, um, that is, uh, the documents are in the form of, we won't have the uh, numbers until we actually do the transaction. So those are, updated on the day that we're signing these contracts. Yes, yeah, exactly. So that's a correct, so to the estimates we've given for the $17 million in cost savings, for example, are estimates and the precise numbers known uh, at the point of sale of the bonds. And some of those rough numbers as they are this week-ish are on pages four and six of today's presentation. I'm sorry. But, and they wait. seem like on page six, it, it looks like We've lumped together the two, 2005s, the two of those, and the three 2013s. And in Exhibit A is where they're called out individually. Yeah. And are those just kind of like the numbers as they appear right now-ish, but then they'll be formalized? Well, yes, exactly. I mean, they were, as I said, they were run about a month ago. And they allowed for about a 25 basis point leeway. <clears throat> and we've basically taken up 22 points of that. 
And that puts us, because there are other things just in straight movements in the Treasury, there's a relationship between the muni market and the Treasury. There's also changes in the yield curve. But what it all comes down to is that today's number is very close to that on an actual basis. This morning, the savings would be, um, I think it was 19.8, something like that. And million. It, I'm sorry, not, not, not 19, but 16, just about 300,000 under what they are now. And if I may, Director Corrette, also the agreement that what you're looking at is an agreement that is a is a form, and essentially those numbers don't get filled out until it's finalized. We've um, taken our projections and put them into the presentation, um, and their backup reports and such uh, for the benefit of the board, so they don't have no numbers. Obviously, you need numbers to look at, um, but the agreement itself isn't uh, populated with numbers until it's ready to be executed. Understood. Thank you. To clarify the process a little bit, what happens is that one day we'll go to market and no one will know how these bonds will be priced exactly until they go to market on the day of pricing. And that's when the, when the um, underwriter will commit to buy based on what they're getting from their uh, investors. And then um, on that day, at the, by the end of that day, you'll get a final numbers run. And those are the numbers that go into the purchase and sale agreement or the, yeah, the the bond purchase agreement, excuse me, which is essentially a purchase and sale agreement with all the specifics specified. So you have to know if you're having a contract exactly how much you're paying and what for. So that's that can't be filled out ahead of time. It would be um, misleading to put in temporary numbers. Any further comments or questions from my fellow board members? Um, I'm wondering if when we'll be, maybe not now, we'll be talking about this request for the board to seek to clarify our uh, scope eventually and, um, what, where DOF reviews matters and where it doesn't, um, is that part of what we're talking about right now? Or are we going to talk about that separately? Cause I have questions about that one. That can be best by <laughs> answered by Mr. Morales. Board member, um, no, that action and that request is before you today because we will take it up with DOF uh, when they review it. We, we want the clarity because, again, <clears throat> um, its position, DOF's apparent position, if taken very broadly, would have uh, would be a significant change in how we handle our CFD expenditures, which, again, are not typically reported to DOF. So we want the clarity. We're going to bring it up uh, to the extent we can. Uh, so that we know where things stand. Thank you. I guess my question is more how we as a board um, undertake that analysis or what what resources and tools we have to to have that conversation and address that issue. Um. <clears throat> If I may, Jim, sure. just briefly, and Jim can elucidate more uh, through the chair, Director Ely. Um, I think what we're doing here is, as Jim described, going to con comply with what DOF has told us they want to do. And through the approval process, seek clarity in the approval process. I think what we're asking the board to do is to um, do the approval um, and allow us to work through that process. And if need be, have a meet and confer uh, and see what um, what that process yields. Um, I, I'm not, I don't think we're asking the board unless it would like to. Um, to opine on this, except to 
review and decide whether or not it wants to approve it. Um, presumably, if this were to be the practice of DOF, you would start seeing bond issuances and refundings come before this board if they want to continue to approve that. So uh, these would be additional, um, and who knows what else they may want um, in reviewing the uh, CFD expenditures uh, going forward. There are other expenditures, debt service, not just the bond issuance itself, um, actual expenditures of con construction. Um, so we, we just don't know, and that's what we'd like to get clarified. Thank you. I guess I was getting hung up on the language that the oversight board seek to clarify the scope of the oversight board. So I'm just wondering if there's a role for us in that or whether others will will uh, carry the water for us on that. But it sounds like the latter. Thank you. Um, thank you for that. And I see what you're trying to accomplish and I'm hopeful that we'll get to the finish line. I mean, the markets are changing all the time and um, hopefully we can win this with DOF. And I'm just curious, did anything change like that we know of within the department? Because it seems odd that they're now pivoting to this process without any other factor. And then of course, I would like to move this item. Well, great, uh, Director Williams through the chair and Jim may have more information. Um, we don't know. Um, we don't know. We, we hope through this approval, uh, we'll get more information from them as to their point of view. Um, but yes, uh, I would like to move uh, this item for approval. Uh, let's call for public comment first. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, at this time, if there are any members of the public who wish to provide comments on this item, please call 415-655-0001, entering access code 2663-794-4446. Followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again. When prompted, press star, then three to be placed in the queue. If you're already listening to us by phone and would like to provide public comment, please press star three on your mobile devices. If you join through the WebEx app, please locate the raise hand icon to submit your request to speak. And we'll invite any members of the public who are here in person. If they'd like to provide public comment, um, please come up to the podium at this time. And for members who joined us remotely, please raise your hand using the raise hand icon or star three on your mobile devices. Submit your request to speak. Madam Chair, we do not have any members of the public wishing to comment on this item at this time. And then a second. Um, I will move this item. Thank you. I will second. Thank you. Um, so we have a motion um, by board member uh, Williams and a second by Vice Chair Ely. Madam Secretary, could you please take the roll? Board members, please announce your vote for item 5A when I call your name. Board member Correct. Aye. Board member Eberry. Aye. Board member Lee. Yes. Board member Williams. Aye. Vice Chair Ely. Yes. And Chair Van Degna. Yes. Madam Chair, the vote is six ayes. Thank you. The motion carries. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item six, new matters for future consideration. Madam Chair. Board members, do you have any matters for future consideration? Um, yes. 
Uh, yes, um, we received in our uh, packages a um, memorandum from um, uh, Director Kaslovsky related to the Mexican Museum funding fundraising, uh, which was something that we had asked for last year, uh, but it was uh, uh, not included in our um, agenda. So for, uh, for a future meeting, I think it would be worth the discussion. Presentation, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Director, do you have any announcements? Yeah, I do. I have uh, one announcement. Thank you. I wanted to uh, thank you, Director Correct for that. I was going to address the, the Mexican Museum memo that's in your packet. Uh, we'll be sure to agendize it for the next uh, meeting that you have. Um, I just wanted to let you know about some news. We've hired a new deputy director. Um, the, the deputy director position had been vacant for some time uh, since Nadia Sese had left uh, the agency. Um, and I'll introduce who's in the audience, Mr. Mark Slutskin. Um, he's been with the agency for a long time, leading the Mission Bay project, um, and has extensive experience prior to his work at OCAI and affordable housing and development. I just wanted him to know, to, for you to know who he was and for him to come up and just say, introduce himself. Hey, good morning, board members. I think a familiar face uh, with a lot of you, and I represented Mission Bay, but definitely excited to now be in the director and you know, representing all the project areas as well as affordable housing, which as Director Koslowski said, it's kind of been my background before coming over to CII. So excited for the new position. Congratulations. We look forward to working with you. Ditto. Um, one uh, item that I would have for future consideration, just once you do hear back finally from the DOF, could you let us know via email or at, if more appropriate at a subsequent meeting? Absolutely. We will do that. Thank you. Great. Fellow board members, any other items? Okay. Um, let's see here. Please call the next item, Madam Secretary. The next order of business is item seven, public comment on non-agenda items. Madam Chair. Do you have any member, uh, Madam Secretary, do you have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? If there are any members of the public who wishes to provide public comment on non-agenda items, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2663794. 4446, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again. Press star, then three to be placed in the queue. If you're already listening to us by phone, please press star three if you'd like to provide public comment. If you join us by Web through WebEx, please locate the raise hand icon to submit your request to speak. And we'll start with any members. I don't see anyone, but any members who have joined us in person, if you'd like to provide comments on non-agenda items, now is the time to come up to the podium. Any members joining us remotely, please um, again press star three on your mobile devices or raise or locate the raise hand icon on WebEx to submit your request. Madam Chair, we do not have any members of the public wishing to comment at this time. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. The next order of business is item eight adjournment. Madam Chair. Board members, I'll need a motion and a second to adjourn. I'll move for adjournment. Second. Great. Thank you, board member Lee and board member Correct. And um, the meeting is adjourned at 1147. Thank you. Oh,
Give me a I think it'd be a 